0: So what we like to do, basically, like we'll spend pretty much like one day driving the main park road from like the co-visitor center down to Flamingo. Mm -hmm. So you'll find a lot of little hiking trails there. That's where like the Nike missile base is. That's where all the ponds are where you can bird watch. You know, you've got a lot of stuff to do along that stretch of road. Mm -hmm. So you could easily spend a day there. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy.
1: And I'm John! I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds.
0: Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks.
1: We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures.
0: And we'll even throw in a little trip planning.
1: Let's start exploring.
0: Okay, today is all about trip planning for the Everglades. I am so excited because I love talking about trip planning. And I just, I'm so excited to help you make your trip happen. Yes,
1: it needs to happen. It's such a cool place.
0: You know, and it's nice because this is a really good national park to visit during the winter. Mm -hmm. And there are not a whole lot of like really good national parks to visit during the winter.
1: No, there isn't. I mean, there's there's a bunch in the Southwest that are fine and that are fun and beautiful, but not a whole lot of beach places.
0: Yeah, which this really isn't a beach place either. You know, unless you really make the effort to get to the beach. But yes, this is a great one to add in if you're looking for somewhere, like if you're wanting to be somewhere warm mm-hmm. in the middle of January mm-hmm. when the weather at your own place, you know, sucks. <laughs> so that's why we've really latched on to the Everglades because it's like we can get pretty cheap flights out of Salt Lake City mm-hmm. down to Miami. And then it's warm and beautiful and it's a really cool national park.
1: Yeah. After Christmas, snow kind of loses its charm a little bit. And so when, you know, the snow on your driveway or right next to your road gets really brown, you know, it's time to go to Florida.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much our philosophy. So let's talk about the Everglades so that you can make your trip a reality. Um, I wanted to start off with just talking about like some of the at-a-glance fun facts about the Everglades. I like to talk about these because it helps you get a feel for what to expect when you get there. Mm -hmm. So firstly... And we already covered this, but the Everglades, Everglades National Park is located in Florida. It is the very tip of Florida. It's the very bottom of Florida. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so, yeah, you're like an hour outside of Miami. Uh, It's, you know, there's quite a bit to do just right in that area besides just the Everglades. So it's a really fun place to take a vacation. Mm -hmm. The Everglades is famous for alligators, airboats. And bird watching.
1: Ooh, yes. All of those things are so great.
0: Yeah. So when you think of the Everglades, it's probably one of those three things (laughs) that Mm -hmm. comes to mind first. Right. And you can see and do all three things just in one short visit. So that's really cool. This next one. So the highest elevation that you can reach. I had to change it a little bit because usually I talk about the highest elevation you can reach by road. Uh But that's zero feet. In the Everglades. (laughs) So um, the roads, like the Everglades, it's super flat. The roads don't take you anywhere with elevation. Right. And so I changed it to the highest elevation you can reach on foot, Mm -hmm. which is 70 feet above sea level at the Shark Valley Observation Tower.
1: Right. So much higher than any natural elevation in the area. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because I think we said it in the fun facts episode, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do I tell people what happened on the fun facts episode? Should yeah. I keep it a secret?
0: You you can tell them. It's twenty feet,
1: twenty feet above sea level is the highest natural elevation in the Everglades. It's
0: crazy. Yeah, yeah. So seventy feet is a pretty big deal in mm-hmm. the Everglades, but you've got to walk there. You got to hike to the top of the observation tower. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, for driving, it's flat. So that changes things, that changes what you see, that changes the whole environment of the park, uh-huh. you know, and there's, like, not hardly any elevation. Yes. Okay, so the Everglades, the National Park was established December 6th, 1947, and this was National Park number 32, so it's about half. Oh, cool. About halfway through the National Parks.
1: Nice. That's a great time. Yeah. To become so... a National Park. <laughs> yeah. Anytime time is a great time to become a National Park. <laughs> For some reason, that just sounded like a great time to it's be in like, the national park. It's a great park. time.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. And then the size. So this is the part that I think is super cool. Everglades National Park is 1.5 million acres.
1: Whoa. That's huge.
0: It's huge. That's like, you know, a good portion of the state of Florida.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when you look at a map of Wyoming and you realize like the whole top left corner is Yellowstone, like the whole bottom edge, the whole whole bottom section of Florida is the Everglades.
0: Yeah. So what's cool about that too is that's the third largest national park in the contiguous United States. Mm -hmm. So you've got Death Valley, which is about 3 million acres and then you've got Yellowstone, which is like 2.2 million acres. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Everglades. At 1.5? At 1.5.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's super cool. Just, And I think what makes that cool too is there's really like not that many roads that travel through the national park,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And so a lot of that 1.5 million acres is untouched
1: oh so much of it is untouched there's like that one road that goes through it down to flamingo and then there's a one road that cuts along the northern edge yeah so i mean almost all of it is wilderness yeah that's so cool so
0: that's pretty cool to me um and then the crowd levels for everglades they're they're kind of like they're right there in the middle Mm -hmm. you've got about a million visitors per year so compare that to like yellowstone which is kind of similar in Mm size-ish, Yellowstone has about 5 million visitors a year. Okay. And so, you know, this is a large park with not really a huge crowding problem. Hmm.
1: Do they all kind of come during the winter time, though? Like like Yellowstones and a lot of other places come in the summer? Or is it kind of spread throughout the year? Do you know?
0: So I'll answer that in the way that I would answer it. Which is, why in the world would you go to the Everglades in the summer? <laughs> um, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I would imagine, I mean, the park, you know, it really caters, it's ranger programs and, and things like that around the winter months. Mm-hmm. So yeah, most of the visitation is going to be during those months. But I mean, the parking lots in Everglades are big. Like we never had problems getting parking except for just at Shark Valley.
1: Right. That's prob- you know. Yeah, that is true. That's the only place. Because so the parking lot in Flamingo is huge.
0: It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's what's really nice, too, is you've got a really big national park with not a, not a huge number of visitors. Right. I mean, it's busy enough that it's, you know, like, it's popular, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel super crowded. Right. So, yeah. So, I thought that was interesting. Um, Okay. So now jumping more into the trip planning and talking about kind of like, how do you get there? So the closest airport to the Everglades is the Miami airport. Mm -hmm. That one, it's just so convenient because it's such a major airport. You can get flights in from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice actually to have that big airport right there. You're only about an hour from the entrance to the Everglades. Uh From where you touch down in miami right so that's super convenient it's really nice lots of hotel options lots of rental car options Mm -hmm. lots of restaurant options Mm -hmm. you know just right there and so it makes it it makes it easy it's not as rural of a national park as a lot of the other ones
1: right for people like us like on our first trip though do you remember how long of a drive we flew into orlando right and then we drove down to the Everglades. Do you remember how long of a drive that was?
0: Yeah. So Orlando is about four hours from the Everglades. Okay. So Perfect. it's not too bad. Yeah. So like that first trip we took, we went to Disney and Harry Potter World mm-hmm. first. Yes. And then we drove down to Miami and went down to the Everglades. So yeah, it's but it's not it's not a huge long drive. It's mm-hmm. not bad. You know, especially if you're used to being out west where it's like four hours. I mean, that's like nothing in between places. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. when it's four hours. to the grocery store. Yeah, when it's four hours, it doesn't seem that far. But yeah, so it's not bad. It's not bad. The one thing that I do want to mention that was a big surprise for us the first time that we went there is uh, there are a lot of toll roads.
1: Yeah, that was a big surprise.
0: Yeah, and so like driving from Orlando to Miami, I remember this. We were, like, super cheap. We didn't want to pay the toll roads. And so we're, like, trying, like, on Google Maps, you know how you can put, like, avoid fees or avoid Uh tolls. And so it, like, kept sending us, like, these weird ways to avoid the toll roads. (laughs) And that was our first trip. And it took us a lot longer to get from Orlando to Uh the Everglades that first time. And then now as we go back subsequently, was just like, oh, you just pay it because it saves you so much time to not Mm -hmm. try to be avoiding toll roads.
1: Oh, yeah. And so when they offer you the Sun Pass when you're at the rental agency, maybe think about it. Yeah.
0: But again, you know, coming from out west, toll roads are not very common out here. When we traveled in the east, we, you know, a lot of times we're like, why are they making us pay so many tolls? Mm -hmm. You know, I know that's more normal out east. And so uh, but that was something that surprised us as we are trying to get to the Everglades was just, you know, there is the uh, Ronald Reagan Turnpike, which goes from Miami down to Homestead and down to the Everglades. And that is a toll road, mm-hmm. but it's also the fastest way to get down there. You can take like side roads. You can take Highway 1 is right there. You know, there are other ways to get down without the toll roads, but I think we've found mostly we've just stopped avoiding them and we just drive the fastest way yeah. that we can get there.
1: Yeah. And you'll get bills from the rental car company for like nine months yes. afterwards. <laughs> for
0: like <laughs> no. 30 cents here and 50 cents there. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I also want to mention, you know, if you can't find good airfare into Miami, Fort Lauderdale is only like an hour north of Miami and there's a big airport there too. Mm-hmm. And so usually when we're planning our trip to the Everglades, I will look at both mm-hmm. just to see which one's cheaper, which flights are better. Things like that, because it's not that big of a difference.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Okay. Next, is the Everglades open year round? And the answer is yes. I mean, I was mm-hmm. surprised. It's they keep things open. Yeah. All the time. It's so much. crazy
1: how yeah, it's it's like a lot of the parks out here in the West. I mean, you have a three month window, man, but the Everglades is always open.
0: Yeah, so they don't really even have like any road closures. They don't really have any trail closures. They don't, like the visitor centers stay open Mm -hmm. uh, pretty pretty normal hours Mm -hmm. year-round. And so um, that is nice. The Long Pine Key Campground does close seasonally. So that one closes during the summer, but the Flamingo Campground stays open. So you can go, you can stay, you can do things year-round in this park if you want to. Mm -hmm. The one thing I want to mention that a lot of people overlook when we're talking about like closures and things that happen is the Shark Valley area does have a gate. Yes. And so. (laughs)
1: It's a very important gate.
0: It is. You can't get into Shark Valley during certain times. They close, they lock this gate every night at 6 p.m. And then they don't open it again until like 8.30 in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember. So when we took our Shark Valley tram tour, I booked the earliest tour mm-hmm. and that was n- nine o'clock. And so you think, OK, I got to get there, you know, pretty early so that I can get parking and make sure I don't miss my tram stuff. And so we're driving and we get there and the gates were still locked.
1: Yeah, we got there. It was like <laughs> traffic is piling up.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're like, um, so I'm looking at the clock our tram tours in like 20 minutes. Like, shouldn't we be in there by now? So that was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but yeah. So they keep that area locked. And so, yeah. So they'll open the gate at eight 30. You pretty much need to be there, you know, because like John said, like the traffic starts to get backed up and stuff. People are like parking back on the, on the highway, mm-hmm. the Tammy trail, you know, while they're waiting for the yeah. gate to open up and, Kind of risky. Yeah. And so that was kind of weird. But that is definitely And the parking something... lot's not
1: that big either. No. Right. It's
0: not as big as you would think it needs to yeah, be. Yeah. And so
1: it's it's actually important to get there early.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So do keep that in mind. Like pretty much everything stays open at the Everglades. But Shark Valley is the exception to that. They do open and close it daily. Right. So keep that in mind. Like when you're making your reservations or when you're trying to decide when you're going to go. You can't stay past six. They lock it. They like, you know, they mm. make you leave. So, no. you know, you don't want to get stranded in there. <laughs> you don't want your car to get locked in <laughs> or anything. So, do keep that in mind for that area. And then, on that same note, you know, talking about how it's open pretty much year round, let's talk about the best time to visit the park. Okay. <laughs> because I thought this was super funny. So, I. My dad is from Florida. So I've always known like you avoid Florida during the summer at all costs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Basically was like the mantra in our family. Right. We don't ever go to Florida during the summer. And, you know, and I know there's people that live there and, you know, actually don't mind Florida in the summer. But for (laughs) us, for our family, it was like my dad was like, yeah, I'll go visit family. But like it's not going to be during the summer. Mm -hmm. And so I was writing the best time to visit article on dirt in my shoes Mm -hmm. for the Everglades and in that article I walk you through like month by month what's open Mm -hmm. and like what to expect kind of what the weather is and you know what to expect (laughs) I was laughing because so I'm writing about the dry season so Florida the Everglades pretty much only have two seasons it's the wet season and the dry season Uh so I'm writing about the dry season and you know that's like December through April, you know, that's those winter months where everything's open. You've got the ranger tours. You've got, you know, you can see a lot of wildlife because it's it's good weather for the wildlife to be out. Mm -hmm. And the water levels are a little lower. And so it's easier to see the alligators. And anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm like going through, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is like normal. And then I get to, it's like, I think like once I started getting into like June, Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm writing out like, you know, what to expect in the park in June. And then I do July. And then I do August. And then I'm like thinking to myself, I was like, why would anyone come here during (laughs) August or during the summer? Because, first of all, okay, so your your wet season at the Everglades is kind of like May through November. Mm -hmm. There is some overlap a little bit. So like you could go in May and it would be okay. Mm -hmm. It would be more dry season, or you could go in November, and it might be okay. It might be more like dry season. Right. (laughs) But but if you're going between, like, May and November, like, the thing that I, like, all of my greatest fears are, like, happening in Everglades (laughs) during these months was, like, first of all, is like, the mosquitoes are terrible. Uh Uh-huh. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, people are, like, you can't even... You know, like you can't even go out. The mosquitoes are so bad. Uh huh. And then second of all, it's hurricane season. <laughs> and so, you know, like hurricane season in Florida is June through November, mm-hmm. you know, with kind of like the climax in July or end of July, beginning of August.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, not only do you have all these mosquitoes, but it's also hurricane season. And mm-hmm. so you might get. Stuck in a hurricane, right which i I don't know about you, but that's not like on my list of things to do.
1: Blown off into the yeah <laughs> into the, off the road, and you find yourself in the water with all of your greatest fears.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um that to me is terrifying. and then so you do get a lot more rain you uh, and again, the park doesn't close down unless like the weather is really bad. But yeah, and so it's mosquitoes, hurricane season super hot, super humid. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not running any ranger programs. And also, you really can't see the wildlife very good during that time. Mm -hmm. So the alligators and stuff, like, they don't come out and sun themselves like they do during the winter, and so they're harder to see. Mm. Um, You're just not getting, like, the really good wildlife viewing during that time. Right. So (laughs) for me personally, like – You know, if you want to go in the summer and you want to see what it's like and see if you like it, that's fine. But, like, I personally would not visit during that time at all. Right. That does not sound fun to me.
1: Plus, there's a lot of other options that are maybe a little bit more pleasant weather-wise, which is why we go to all the mountain parks in the summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you could do, like, if you're willing to put up with the humidity or something, you could do, like, the theme parks. Yeah. (laughs) Or something, you know, but, like... The Everglades with all the mosquitoes, no wildlife and hurricanes. No, yeah. thank you. So, but I did want to kind of name off like some of my my recommendations for times to go. First, like if you want to beat the crowds, which again, like the crowds aren't really too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we go peak season all the time and really don't have any problems. Yeah. But if you are worried about that, you could, you could go for like one of those more shoulder, like in between the wet dry season, like April or November. Mm-hmm. And be okay. If you must travel during the summer, then I would go as early in the summer as you can, mm-hmm. you know, before the hurricane season really gets up and running. Right. Um, so June is kind of preferable for that. If you're hoping to see a lot of wildlife, I like January or February. Mm-hmm. But really, any of those winter months would be great. For backpacking, again, you're going to want to do that, like, when the weather is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so, like, February, March, somewhere in there, any of those winter months would be a good option to be in the backcountry in your canoe, mm-hmm. you know. But I personally would not want to be stuck in the backcountry in a canoe during a hurricane. During a hurricane. So... Yeah,
1: that's worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you're hoping to save money and stuff, like we've gone kind of close to spring break. I remember it was spring break in Miami um, <laughs> when we went once. That was not great. So I would avoid that. You know, prices do go up and it gets super busy. Right. You know, around the holidays, a lot of times things will get, you know, more expensive. So if you're wanting to save some money, we've kind of found the sweet spot. Like, I think for me, January still feels a little cold, Mm -hmm. which is funny because we're coming from like, you know, 20 degree weather. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, 20 to 60 degrees, you know, it still feels pretty good.
1: Ash acclimates very quickly. I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'll be wearing a sweater with, you know, one day in Florida, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh yep, it's cold.
1: <laughs> First day she's like, Oh, this is the best. The next day she's like, Oh, I'm a little chilled.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I like to kinda go more February, March ish. Especially if we're like wanting to try to go to a beach or something. Mm-hmm. You know. It can get kinda cold. Yes. In December, January still. If you're a Utah coming to Florida, <laughs> you're hoping to have more tropical mm-hmm. weather. But if you want like a unique adventure, like I think Christmas time, you know, kind of around the holidays is a really fun time to be in that area. There's a lot going on. They do like a lights festival and at the Speedway, the Miami Speedway. Oh, cool. And stuff like that, you Ooh. know, so y- you've got the big city right there with lots of activities and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a fun Christmasy destination, too. Nice. So, yeah. So those are my recommendations for the best times to visit. Okay. And then if you're wondering about how many days to plan, I think I I always, when I'm like talking about the days to plan, like I'm thinking about like all the things that you can do and like not wanting to miss any of it. Right. And so, yes, you can go for one day. And you Mm -hmm. can go and see some alligators and, you know, have a good time. Mm -hmm. Like if you're really wanting to see what Everglades National Park is all about and be able to get to all the sections of it and, you know, do all the activities that you don't want to miss. Then I would say if you could give yourself three days, that would be kind of the sweet spot there.
1: That sounds about right. I think that especially because it's such a big park, you know, 1.5 million acres and there's only... A couple of roads you know i mean it takes a while to travel between locations so that makes a lot of sense to me
0: yeah so so what we like to do basically like we'll spend pretty much like one day driving the main park road from like the co-visitor center down to flamingo Mm -hmm. so you'll find a lot of little hiking trails there that's where like the nike missile base is that's where all the ponds are where you can bird watch You know, you've got a lot of stuff to do along that stretch of road. Mm -hmm. So you could easily spend a day there. And then you'll want to give yourself like probably like a half a day or so at Shark Valley. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the airboat rides are right there, too. So if you're wanting to do that, you tack that in, you know, on that next day with shark valley Mm -hmm. if you're wanting to go to like the gator grill or like robert is here any of those restaurants Mm -hmm. for fun you know everglades experience things right there which is
1: a must if you ask me
0: yeah then you can add those in too while you're right there in that area and then for your third day you would drive over to the gulf coast Mm -hmm. over to everglades city and the gulf coast visitor center and do stuff there
1: yeah that makes sense because that's It takes a while to get out there.
0: It does. And the Gulf Coast, like that area is really close to Big Cypress, which is another national park unit that's just right there. And so you can do that while you're out there if you have a little bit of extra time.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. So
0: in my mind, that's like, that's how we like to do it, three days. But could you do it in less? For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. If you're just wanting to go in and kind of get a little taste of the Everglades and stuff, then, you know, fewer days is fine. Mhm- But if you're really wanting to see the park three days, three yeah, days is
1: great, exactly. Unfortunately, the dolphins and the manatees are on different sections, fortunately and unfortunately, you know, so it takes a while to drive and so you need some time,
0: yeah, yeah, and then it's also worth noting you've got Biscayne National Park, which is just like a half an hour from everglades mm-hmm. and so that park is totally different than the Everglades too,
1: yeah, it's so. <laughs> Isn't it like 90% water? Yeah,
0: it's 90% water. And so, like, I remember the first time we went to that area and we're like, oh, yeah, let's, like, go over and see Biscayne while we're here. Mm-hmm. And we got over there and there's, like, basically nothing you can do just right there. You know, you've got to take a boat tour. You've got to get out in the water mm-hmm. to really see that park. Yeah. And so um, and since our kids were really young, we decided because we want to go like snorkeling and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of snorkeling and scuba diving and they've got like shipwrecks and stuff. So it's like super cool. Yeah. But yeah, so that's only a half an hour from Everglades. And so that's why, you know, a lot of times when we'll go, we'll stay for a while because you've got Everglades right there. You've got Biscayne and You know, Biscayne, you could easily fill a couple of days just depending on what activities and and boat tours you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got Dry Tortugas, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you drive down into the Keys. You drive all the way to Key West. That takes like three, three and a half hours Mm -hmm. or so. Um, And then when you get to Key West, then you can go out to Dry Tortugas if you want. So. You've got those three national parks just really right there in the southern part of Florida. Mm
1: -hmm. And those are so cool. So it's worth a bunch of time. And, you know, you get to experience some, like, I don't know, like Dry Tortugas was so cool. It put me back 200 years in my mind, you know, on, on on this place. And it was just, I don't know, there's so many cool things. This whole area is worth a bunch of time. The more time you can give it, the better, if you ask me. But if you're limited, you know. And you know you can shorten things a little bit in the Everglades
0: yeah yeah and you know because it's funny because when we talk about like doing like the the mighty five Utah parks or the grand circle kind of mm-hmm. out here in our area you know that's a pretty epic road trip mm-hmm. and a lot of people like try to do all five Utah parks in one trip and you know or a lot of people will do like Yellowstone Grand Teton and Glacier or like add in South Dakota you uh-huh. know like you do some pretty big road trips to the national parks. And I think for me, like those Florida national parks make an awesome road trip.
1: Oh, yeah. The triad or something. I it's don't know.
0: so cool because so you're fun. driving, you know, and each park is so different. But then you get to drive through the Keys if you're going out to Key West. And, you know, and it's just like a it's like a tropical road trip.
1: Uh-huh. And oh, so yeah.
0: It's really fun.
1: Yeah, plus dry Tortugas makes me think like a like Tortuga in Pirates of the Caribbean all the time, you know. So it's so much fun.
0: Yeah, it is. So you could easily spend a week hitting those three parks. And then, you know, and then a lot of people like to add in like the theme parks and go up to Orlando and do stuff there too. So when you're coming to the Everglades, I would just be as generous with your time uh-huh. as you can in the area because you won't run out of things to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's so much fun stuff. So. Be generous.
0: Okay. So after you decide how many days you want to be there, then let's kind of talk through where to stay
1: mm.
0: uh, when you're coming to the Everglades. And so I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but we tend to favor the town of Homestead. Uh, it's really close to the Everglades. It's also really close to Biscayne. Uh, you're not in Miami, so it's not as busy. Mm-hmm. We have stayed in Miami before, and honestly, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a problem.
1: Not that far removed.
0: No. I mean, Homestead is nice because you're just closer to all the things at the Everglades. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the lodging options in the area aren't, like, spectacular. In Homestead? Well, yeah. Like, once you kind of get out of Miami, because Miami has so many different options, right? right? And so, if you're looking for something specific or you're looking for, like, a deal... (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Or something, you know, you may have better luck in Miami. Uh huh. We've had, we found some Airbnbs that we really like mm-hmm. in the Homestead area. Um, we've not stayed in a hotel in Homestead. No, we haven't. We Airbnb it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's been really good. This last one we stayed at was awesome. It had a pool and a hot tub, and it was a really nice Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And it was only, you know, a few minutes from Everglades.
1: Yeah, it was so nice. We loved it.
0: Yeah. So. If you're wanting to split your lodging, though, like if you're wanting to spend more time on the Gulf Coast side of Everglades, then you could stay in Homestead for a couple nights. And then you could go over to either like Everglades City or um, even up to Naples, which Mm -hmm. isn't too far from the Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. And Naples is like more if you're looking for like really nice like sandy beaches lots of seashells like you get that beautiful like caribbean blue water mm. uh-huh and so you can split if you're wanting to do like more of like a beachy vacation uh-huh that's that's kind of where i personally would do the beach part of your vacation was on the like on the gulf coast side of the everglades
1: did we find some airbnbs that had like boogie boards and stuff
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a beautiful beachy area and there's just a lot to do over there too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you're wanting to do like Everglades plus beaches, I personally like I would probably not go to Miami and stuff for beaches. Mm -hmm. That's not like my favorite area to be. Right. I much prefer the Naples side. Yes, So I agree. Yeah, so if you're wanting to split it that way or again, you know, if you're wanting to split it so that you're going down – to dry tortugas then i would book in homestead stay there to do everglades and biscayne and then stay somewhere in key west for Mm -hmm. dry tortugas yeah
1: that's true that's what we did last time
0: yeah and it's a it's a far drive and dry tortugas is like key west is super expensive (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. yeah so we but i wouldn't try to drive down there you know, and just go for, like, the day or something, like, you'll you'll need to stay down in the Keys mm-hmm. to do dry tortugas, but for Everglades and Biscayne, like, Homestead is perfect.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Okay, so then I just want to talk about a couple of activities that you might want to add into your Everglades vacation, you know, things that are pretty typical, things that you'll want to do while you're there, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea, get you excited about the different options. I'm going to mention a few here, but I have a whole article on Dirt in My Shoes that's, like, the best things to do in Everglades. And it splits it up by every different type of activity that you could possibly want to do. (laughs) So, you know, I've got like things listed if you want to go biking and I've got them listed if you want more like high adventure, if you want hiking, wildlife watching, any of that. Um, So I'm just going to mention a few here, but then if you need more ideas, Mm -hmm. then you can just know that all of that is on Dirt in My Shoes. So, I think the biggest thing really is like you really need to find a way to get out on the water. Yes. I wouldn't go to Everglades with the expectation of hiking a lot Mm -hmm. and kind of switch your mindset and be like, we're going to boat instead of hike. (laughs) 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 Yes, absolutely. There's there's a lot of like um, canoeing and kayaking trails. Like, what's really cool is like in the ponds, even like they'll like mark canoe trails that you can follow. And then once you get down closer to the coast, they've got canoe trails that you can follow. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the way that you're really going to want to see the Everglades.
1: Those are some really fun adventures.
0: Yeah. And so instead of being like, we're going to go and hike, just be thinking, we're just, we're going to go and canoe. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And they have places along, like in the Everglades where you can rent canoes and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's like. I feel like, you know, the best way to actually see the park and really get a feel for the park is by being on the water. Mm -hmm. So, um, the other thing is, so the Everglades is super popular for bird watching.
1: Yes. Lots of people with binoculars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's, what did you say, John? There's like 360. Yeah.
1: More than 360 different kinds of birds that you can find in the Everglades. At least that's what's on like the National Park bird checklist. And so. There's so many different kinds of birds.
0: And they're not just like little birds. Like they're big, beautiful, tropical yeah. birds. A
1: lot of a lot of wading birds that are tall, you know. You have these big spoon-billed birds. Some of them are white. Some of them are kind of pinky colored, you know, because they eat shrimps and stuff like that. So it's just kind of fun. Lots Wait, they're, of stuff pink.
0: they're pink because they eat shrimp?
1: Yeah, that's why flamingos are pink. Oh, really? Yeah, because <laughs> they eat so many shrimp that it's just like... They, that they are what they eat.
0: Ah, maybe that's why I'm so pink, too. I love shrimp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think we have enough. I think we should eat more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Try to get more pink. A healthy
1: glow of pink.
0: <laughs> so that, yeah. So that's really popular. And I was surprised. I surprised myself going to the Everglades because I don't usually really enjoy bird watching. Mm-hmm. I feel like Everglades has so many cool birds.
1: Yeah. There is some really cool ones. There's like one of my favorite, well, I think one of our favorite ones. Oh, I have I had the name on the tip of my tongue not too long ago. It's a purple one, but it's like a lily pad jumper. You know, it's small enough that it can pretty much walk on water in some of the parts of the park because it just like walks on the lily pads.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, so I much fun. I don't know fun. what that one's
1: called. It's kind of funny. Sometimes it's a little bit too heavy. If we saw one in one of the areas where we were we were walking around and Every once in a while, it lands on a lily pad that's a little bit too small for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. If you're a New Testament reader, it's like Peter is like, oh, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be able to walk on this.
1: That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's kind of funny.
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah. The birds surprised me. That's really cool. Um, but people come from all around to mm-hmm. go bird watching here. And so that's a really popular activity. Another thing. That I want to just mention is that the Everglades, I feel like, has, like, one of the most impressive and adventurous lineup of ranger programs in any national park. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Huh. So, when I was trying to decide, like, when I'm trying to decide which ones we're going to do when we're there, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> They have so many options, it's crazy. <laughs> so, but the thing is is like it's really adventurous. Like they do like ranger-led biking, ranger-led canoeing, ranger-led boating. They do the sluice logs, the ranger-led sluice logs where nice. you're like walking through the water. But it's just like so they have a lot of different options, but they're like, you know, pretty adventurous uh-huh. options. Yeah.
1: They're it's taking not, you out into the wilderness.
0: Yeah, it's not just like your regular like campfire program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like you can actually go out and do some really cool things with the <laughs> rangers in this park.
1: Uh-huh. Like the ranger turns around and if you're gone, they just leave you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Every every man for himself. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So if you like ranger programs, like this is really one of the best parks for that. Because you will find some really cool things you can do. And what's nice is a lot of times, you know, they provide the kayaks or they provide the bikes. So you're not having to rent those and stuff. You just need to, um, for some of them, you do need to like call and let them know that you're coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, in a lot of cases, it's free to use the equipment when you go out with the ranger.
1: That is so cool. Yeah.
0: So it's super, super cool. So that really impresses me about the Everglades after seeing, you know, what most parks offer in terms of ranger programs. It's like this one just is like, We're going to be way cooler and way more adventurous (laughs) than everybody else.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. This is the one thing we're going to be best at, and we're going to kill it.
0: Yeah, they do. They nailed it. So that's really fun. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention those things. Those are things that a lot of people like to do. But, again, go on to Dirt in My Shoes and take a look at that list that I have because I have even more things listed out if none of those sound like your cup of tea or if that's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But so many options, so many cool things to do. And if at any point you feel like you need help planning your trip to the Everglades, I have in-depth articles for all of these things we just talked about. Nice. So I will walk you through, you know, for how many days to spend. I, I will walk you through, you know, the advantages to spending a certain amount of days. And then I will also like map out like a road trip itinerary (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you're wanting to hit all those Florida parks and you know and so you'll find all that on dirt in my shoes
1: awesome so helpful I find myself sometimes referring back to stuff you've written (laughs) it's like oh yeah Ash should have information on this you better go (laughs) check it out it's our own website
0: (laughs) I do it's all there and I'm just like I'm so passionate about just helping you and your family get out to the national parks And I want to make it as easy as possible because I know sometimes the trip planning process is not fun for Mm -hmm. people, (laughs) you know, and if you get stuck there, then you never make it to these amazing places. So
1: I reap the benefits a lot of times of having a wife that is a mega planner. And so I am not so much a mega planner. So I definitely reap the benefits of having her in my life. And (laughs) you do too, you know, on dirt in my shoes.
0: Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode today. I hope that was helpful to kind of walk you through some of those things. Uh, if you have any questions, again, I'm here to help with that, but I cannot wait for you to have an amazing trip to the Everglades.
1: Thanks for exploring the national parks with us.
0: Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to DirtMyShoes.com.
1: See you next week. Same time, same place.
0: And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.